0: The Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 342 for December 16th, 2012. Surprise! Sprint looks to pick up Clearwire, Republic Wireless officially launches, and Google Maps for iPhone. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Kapis. Brought to you each week with the help of listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked, or information at the cellphone junkie.com. The show is also supported by the Cellphone Junkie podcast application, available now for Android and the iOS for $1.99. Well, the FCC on Monday announced the formation of a new group that will oversee the transition of the United States' existing analog circuit switched networks to an all digital packet switched IP network. The group is called the Technology Transitions Policy Task Force, which will play a critical role in answering the fundamental policy questions. For communications in the 21st century, says FCC Chairman Julius Janikowski. Now, the group will focus on broadband needs of businesses and consumers, specifically for voice and wireless services. They will be setting the resiliency requirements for communications networks for the next 100 years. Janikowski said many of the commission's existing rules draw technology-based distinctions, so the ongoing changes to our nation's communications networks will require a hard look at many rules which were written for different technological and market landscape. So this is, a, I think, a pretty interesting point, And I think this is going to set some some tone here for the next uh, at least chunk of, of time here that we go through, because obviously, as we switch away from uh, circuit switched, uh, this is going to be to be very uh, important stuff that's coming online here.
1: It is. You know, in our current telephone system, the, the way we make calls even on our iPhone is, you know, circuit uh, where you're developing a circuit between you and the person you're talking to. I mean, obviously now on our phones, it's a, it's a wireless branch, uh, but it does still go through, you know, fiber optics, but it's a dedicated phone line. You're not sharing that with anyone else. And to draw a better uh, kind of an analogy uh, not recently, maybe not in the past, you know, 15, 20 some years that we've actually had physical connections. But before that, uh, when you were on your home phone, making another phone call to another home, even, you know, far away, you were actually creating a circuit, like an actual electrical circuit with physical relays at the, the switching offices would create actual connections, uh, not just digital ones for the voice to go through, but it was real like electrical. You could send a, a electronic signal down that wire and it would be just, just like you were uh, connected to them physically. So that's what kind of where we get this terminology. And this is where this comes from, but it's a hundred years old. I mean, that's the thing. This is, it's time for something new. We now have, you know, routing protocols. We have the math and the, the processing power to actually handle this, which we all experience as the internet right now is, you know, the, the, the protocol, the IP protocol that's being routing all this stuff. And then if you ever used a voice voice over IP phone system, it's kind of that same technology where it's so much simpler, easier to configure. I think, uh, you know, this is going to take us into kind of the next century of communication.
0: I think it also plays into the, the, the quality aspect of it as well, because right now um, th- there's a certain, I guess, m- you know, maximum level of, of sound quality that you're going to get with the hardware that's out there and, and the infrastructure itself. And so, you know, you upgrade to IP based and really it's, it's almost limitless in how good the sound quality can be.
1: Yeah, it could be as, uh, it can be HD voice. That's uh, that's what we can get. It's it's it, it, you know it's old school technology. You know, having all these buried copper lines when you can carry so much more voice data over you know over the airwaves. And that's why cell phones are becoming very common because of the pricing and because of the convenience of it. So the the infrastructure that we have it's just uh, it, it's really out of date now.
0: And it's it's no surprise that this is happening. Obviously, there's there's going to be some push for this, and um, the FCC is going to you know take take a look at at what it means and what it's you know how the, the current um, you know the incumbents that are out there right now that are providing these services how they're going to need to make these changes. Um, and so ultimately, this is going to be more than just um, you know some policy that gets pushed down, but it's going to be um, kind of the impetus that actually affects these changes for the for the uh, wireline carriers.
1: Well, I'm sure the, the, the wireline carriers are pushing for this absolutely heavily because the infrastructure that they have to maintain via regulation is enormous. That, that, that whole switching system and all the copper lines and all that stuff cost a fortune. If they could get people to cell phones and get rid of all that, uh, they would, they, they would make so much more money. It's not even funny. So I'm sure they're the ones that are actually pushing for this.
0: So from IP networks over to Spectrum rulings, the FCC this week also voting in favor of Dish Network's request to use the satellite AWS-4 Spectrum for a ground-based wireless network. Several conditions have been placed, though, on the proposal. First, a new auction will be required, and some of the Spectrum will be auctioned off to build a dedicated first responder network. That auction will be on the H block and will be scheduled for sometime in 2013. Secondly, the FCC is requiring that Dish ramp down its power level so that it doesn't interfere with neighboring Spectrum owned by Sprint. Dish said that they will consider its strategic options and will optimal, uh, and the optimal approach to put the spectrum to use for the benefit of customers. Finally, the FCC also issued a notice this week of the proposed rulemaking that will allow small cell sites to host broadband service in the 3.5 gigahertz band. The small cells will share spectrum with other entities already using it, and the FCC still needs to take a number of steps before the spectrum is ready to be used. The cells, of course, would be used in areas where dense population coverage is necessary. Talking about the carriers, AT&T this week added 12 additional 4G LTE markets to its lineup. Those include Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, Nashua, New Hampshire, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Auburn, Alabama, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Starkville, Mississippi, Hattsburg, Mississippi, Reno, Nevada, Moscow, Idaho, Richmond, Virginia, and Pullman, Washington. AT&T planning to cover 150 million people uh, in more than 100 markets with LTE by the end of the year. They will also plan to cover 250 million by the end of 2013 and 300 million by the end of 2014. Verizon has added more LTE cities as well, all expected to come online on December 20th. And uh, a lot of these are pretty rural, so I'm going to skip the names of them, but they include many Western states, including Washington, Oregon, Wyoming, Utah, and Colorado. These new markets bring the total to nearly 450 nationwide. Sprint prepaid brands Virgin Mobile and Boost Mobile could launch the first prepaid lte smartphones in the first quarter of 2013 according to various blogs and twitter postings the lte capable samsung galaxy victory will be sold by uh, sprints virgin mobile and boost will launch the zte made
1: force cord code named aurora as well as the htc1 sv so what I came across last week when I was doing the research about the iPhone, uh, getting it on CD, switching CDMA carriers, I found that one post that referred to the iPhone 5 having a virgin mobile option. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's also going to tie in here, maybe not at launch, but I, I think that'll be coming soon.
0: I think you're right. Uh, The reports did not actually indicate when the brands would launch the devices or how much they would cost, though. Um, But uh, all these smartphones are mid-range devices as far as what they're talking about right now. So that'll probably be the initial push and then potentially switch over to some higher end devices at some point. Sprint expects to cover around 120 million people with its LTE network by the end of the year and then expand throughout 2013 to cover 250 million by the end of the year. But uh, they did not comment on the story. The Wall Street Journal, CNBC, and Bloomberg all reported on Tuesday that Sprint Nextel is seeking to purchase the remaining 49% of Clearwire shares that it doesn't already own. Citing sources familiar with Sprint's plans, they believe the acquisition could help Sprint resolve control issues regarding Clearwire, and the carrier wants the large spectrum holding to supplement its future network plans. Sprint's pending partial acquisition by Japan's SoftBank may complicate its attempt, though, to follow through with the deal. But on Thursday, Sprint officially made their bid, acquiring the remaining 49% for $2.1 billion, that transaction could be finalized by the end of the year. Reuters reported that SoftBank has provided Sprint with an offer ceiling of $2.97 per share. The initial offering of that $2.1 billion equals $2.90 per share, meaning Sprint does have a little room there at the top in the negotiations on the deal. T-Mobile this week announced another expansion of its 1,900 MHz HSPA Plus coverage. New markets that will now run on 1,900 include Chicago and surrounding suburbs fresno sacramento and large portions of the los angeles and orange county areas in southern california as well as reno nevada the launch of the enhanced network in these areas brings t-mobile's total coverage for compatible 1900 megahertz spectrum to the 100 million point in 23 markets t-mobile also said more enhancements to the network are on their way to boston chicago la and new york also philadelphia and san diego are in there as well with many more customers already experiencing unlocked iphone speed sightings they say. MVNO Freedom Pop launched an in home mobile broadband service that will go after cable and DSL customers by offering one gigabyte of data for free. The company, which provides mobile WiMAX service using ClearWire's network, will offer the free data to customers who purchase its Hub Burst, a modem that retails for $90, including all fees and shipping. Users will then receive one gigabyte of data per month for free, and they can earn additional data through partner promotions and friend referrals. They can also pay for an additional uh, data for $10 for 10 gigabytes. for one gigabyte, or on a per megabyte basis at half a cent per meg. New MVNO Republic Wireless went live this week with the virtual carrier's $19 unlimited everything service available across the country. Republic Wireless said that it has begun fulfilling orders and shipping its version of the Motorola Defy XT, complete with tweaked software that manages calls and data between Wi-Fi networks and Sprint's cellular network. The Android-powered Defy XT is $250 with no contract and is the only handset Republic Wireless currently offers. Cricket and Metro PCS this week introduced financing programs that allow prepaid customers to purchase high-end smartphones at reduced costs. Cricket has partnered with Progressive Finance while Metro is using BillFloat as the lender. The new programs do not use credit checks and instead only require that customers have a valid checking account. Cricket customers who purchase um, ex- their per- whose purchase exceeds $200 can apply for financing at retail stores. This program covers 90% of the premium and upfront charges being, uh, be, uh, being the remaining balance for the first month of service, loans are then amortized over a period of nine
1: months. This is kind of interesting. This is coming out after uh, T-Mobile uh, kind of decided that they're going to basically sell all of their phones kind of separate, subsidized, where it's obvious on the bill that you're paying for the phone subsidy and not just have it all integrated in your price per minute or price per megabyte uh, on your data plan.
0: Well, and I think there's there 's quite a bit of uh, you know of changes going to be coming down the pipe here because you know the the way that we 're looking at at the wireless market right now with our um, with the subsidies is just not something that people are, are really enjoying. Um, I, I know most people are okay sticking with a phone for two years, but with the release cycle going so much quicker now, uh, not only with the Android devices, but we're also hearing rumors that Apple's uh, next iPhone is going to be out well before the one-year mark. We're just going to be looking for, I think, quicker
1: upgrades. And so we're going to have to make some changes here. You know, and it also... To me, how I kind of see this happen, what's happening here is we're getting a, a split. You know, there, there's really this talk about the, the reduction of the middle class kind of in America's population here. This, to me, feels like we're losing our middle ground carriers. We've got Basically, extreme high end on Verizon side with the uh, LTE network as it is uh, built out, and with the, the price per minute and the shared data plans. And then now we're 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 splitting with Sprint and T-Mobile now, shooting the other direction, going prepaid side and value side. And you know, AT and T is kind of in the middle right now, and they're trying to keep up with Verizon, so they're going to try to stay on the Verizon side. But so we're kind of we're kind of losing that split. We're going to premium, uh, premium, and then kind of the the prepaid side it's, there's kind of no in between.
0: I wonder how many people are are going to choose these plans. Um, You know, there's going to be interest involved in it as well. Um, But the fact that you can not have a contract, uh, you can pay off a phone in less than a year. I mean, meaning you can get another phone uh, and start the process all over again. Uh, Or if you decide that you just you don't have the whatever, you know, $300, $400 right right away, uh, but you don't want to pay the interest, you have three months to pay it off. Uh, interest-free so that's a that's a nice way to go as well so there's uh, there's some great options here and cricket and metro pcs obviously the the budget carriers out there uh, are you know this is a great play for them because you've already got people that are looking for a deal when they're choosing their service and this is yet another way for them to lock in handsets and get people into their devices uh, for relatively long periods of time Well, as we talk about each week, you can help support The Cell Phone Junkie and our work by signing up for TCPJ Unlocked. The Unlocked podcast is our twice a month premium show offering in-depth conversations about the latest in sailor issues, interviews with industry experts, and much more. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com, click the link for TCPJ Unlocked, and choose from either a monthly or quarterly membership. A big thank you goes out to everyone that subscribes. And on this week's Unlocked show, if you're interested, we talked the Samsung Galaxy Note 2. This the device that sprint set out to us and uh, we went over in much detail the note 2 uh, before we had to send that one back we also talked a little bit about siri and absolutely nothing if you want to know what that means check out the latest episode show number 131 i believe it was of tcpj unlocked and it wasn't just silence it was not just silence we did talk about absolutely nothing if you've ever watched seinfeld you know exactly what we're talking about it was discovered recently that while not officially marketed as such, the Nexus 4 does have the chipset support for use in LTE's AWS Band 4. Several users in the XDA Developers forums this week claim that you can use the Band 4 in select US markets where AT&T has AWS 1700 and 2100 MHz spectrum. Those cities are Phoenix, Raleigh, San Juan, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Oklahoma City, Dallas, Chicago, Charlotte, Athens, and College Station, Texas. They say the though, that the LTE Band 4 is not widely deployed, so your mileage may vary on speed and coverage. This is fascinating though that, you know, we talked about a device as when it first launched that was going to be HSPA only, and, uh, or HSPA Plus only. Uh, then we heard a couple of weeks ago that the LTE Band in there was in there, and then last week we talked a little bit about being able to use this in Canada, and that the fact that you've got some of the, the carriers up there that are using LTE on the 1700 megahertz spectrum, now we're finding that just because AT&T holds some spectrum there. They actually have their LTE deployments uh, on that spectrum as well. So it's not just the spectrum that's uh, that's that's out there. So just uh, just very interesting that they're, they're, people are starting to see this here. Obviously, you're not going to go buy a Nexus 4 expecting it to have LTE coverage. And further, depending on what kind of plan you have, you're going to have to have a provision for LTE service. You can't just take an LTE SIM and pop or a uh, general AT&T SIM and pop it in and expect LTE. Your phone has to be uh, and your account have to be provisioned appropriately for that. But either way, fascinating, though. I'd love to hear from anyone that's been able to try this out uh, and uh, would love Love to hear from you on that Verizon announcing on a Tuesday that it will sell the Samsung Galaxy camera with 4G LTE starting on December thirteenth for five hundred and fifty dollars the galaxy camera features a sixteen megapixel sensor twenty one times optical zoom. 1.4 gigahertz quad-core processor, a 4.8-inch HD super-clear LCD display, Android jellybean, micro SD card slot, and a 1650 milliamp-hour battery. Well, this show is also supported by the Cell Phone Junkie podcast application, available for Android and the iOS for $1.99. The application allows you to listen to the show in the background while you do other things on your device, email the show directly, call into the show, and also follow what's going on on the show's Twitter feed. If you're looking To experience everything the cell phone junkie has to offer on our weekly show here, the iOS and Android apps are for you. Twitter on Monday rolled out updates to its Android and iPhone mobile applications that now offer filters and effects to be added to the photos before sharing. The feature is much like Instagram and includes eight filters as well as the ability to crop and focus images. Also, you can auto enhance and brighten images as well as the enhancement of the colors. The new versions are free from their respective app stores. Google on Wednesday releasing an official Google Maps application for Apple's iOS platform. The application runs on the iPhone and iPod Touch. It includes built-in Google local search, voice-guided turn-by-turn navigation, public transit directions, and as well as street view and live traffic, 80 million searchable points of interest, and the newly designed and streamlined interface making navigation easier. Google admits that Maps for iOS is even better than Maps for Android phones. And with the version for iOS, it takes much of Android's functionality though it does still lack offline and full tablet support after noting the lack of offline map saving for iPad Google said that the goodies like those will be coming soon
1: well it uh, seems like a nice version so far i was uh, i was in uh, downtown st paul this uh, l- last night and was able to uh, manipulate and see the building wireframe heights cuz you can do a 3D kind of effect if you took your two fingers and go up and down with it and it t- you know tips the horizon down but then all the the building heights were uh, you know correctly showing in the street view so it was actually really neat in the in the wireframe view of that uh, of the Google Maps and it was much handier to use for walking around downtown than the uh, the Apple Maps cuz I was trying both and the Apple Maps just didn't even really do much for me it couldn't figure out what was happening
0: and that's what I was going to ask is if you had a chance to use it. So that's great. I mean, I, you know, I love having maps on my device. I don't actually use them all that much. Um, but when you need them, you need them, right? And, uh, you know, so this is very important, I think, for uh, for those that were interested in, in doing a lot of searching and, and navigation and really had relied on the old mapping application. And it's not that, that Apple Maps is, is all bad, but certainly uh, it's not as good as what Google has right now. And And it may catch up. Uh, but it may not, so at least the option is there now, if you want to use it personally i 've taken the Apple Maps off of my home screen i 've just stuck it in a folder on the device and and Google Maps is now on the front page so um, i 've switched over i i, I don 't see any reason not to I mean it works really well um, you know certainly there 's still going to be the the API data that 's being used by the other applications it 's still going to pull in the Apple Maps data. But as far as directions are there, um, you know it does turn by turn now, which is a a nice upgrade. For those that were uh, were used to using it before where you had to I mean there was no turn by turn navigation so uh, either way it's there it's free you can get it over in the iTunes app store which they would have an iPad version, but uh, like what they did with YouTube and uh, the Gmail app, of course, you know, maybe we'll get it at some point here. Amazon on Thursday announced that its Instant Video service is available to the Apple iPhone or iPod Touch. That app is free, but the streaming services require a subscription payable to Amazon. I brought this up just because um, I was actually have never used this before, and it wasn't until the story came out that I even thought about the Amazon Instant Video, and and the reason. Is because I'm an Amazon Prime member, and as a Prime member, uh, you get all sorts of benefits like shipping times, uh, you know, two-day free shipping, and, and all sorts of other stuff. But um, this actually is built into that, where you get the Amazon Video Instant Video on there, and I gotta say, I, I'm actually pretty impressed with it. It's no Netflix. Uh, don't get me wrong. However, there's a good uh, amount of, of you know children's uh, content on there. So if you've got kids, this is. Pretty good, good thing to have. It also has, you know, some some great holiday uh, hits in there. So this made sense for me. I pulled up, uh, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I hadn't seen that in a couple of years, and so I watched almost that entire thing on the iPad, and it was just it was generally pretty impressive. So if you're looking for a an alternative to what you have, uh, if you have Netflix and maybe you're looking for something else, check on uh, out on the Instant Video here for Amazon. Um, i thought it was pretty good so i wanted to bring that up google on friday announced some winter cleaning that will have it shutting down multiple mobile products and services listen up here if you use google as of january 30th 2013 customers won't be able to set up new devices using google sync i.e via the microsoft exchange active protocol that's right Devices uh, that are using the uh, ActiveSync already will continue to work. So if you're using Google Sync on your iPhone, uh, Windows phone device, you know, Palm OS, uh, WebOS device, that is, um, they will still continue to work. But any devices that are set up after January 30th will not be able to take advantage of ActiveSync. Google suggests that people use uh, IMAP, CalDAV, and CardDAV, those are the protocols that they have for their calendar and contacts applications, uh, to, uh, to duplicate the services that they were getting on the exchange services. Google did confirm, like I said, that their existing customers um, will not be affected by this on your current devices. That doesn't mean that if you have a Gmail account, you're grandfathered in, it's just your current device will continue to work. Also, Google Apps, business, government, and education customers um, will also be able to continue using the service. From what I understand, though, that may be limited to to those that are paying for these services. So, as uh, Google, if you're a Google Apps user, you probably received an email over the last couple of weeks. We are actually now uh, at a point where they're only offering ten licenses for free. Um, on existing Google Apps users, um, and then I think if you sign up, you can only get one, um, one email address for new users. Uh, otherwise, you've got to pay for it, which is fine. I mean, obviously, it's they've got you know better reliability and uptime and stuff like that. So, um, it, it's just very interesting. Before we move on to the other stuff, though, I, I want to get Joey's take on this because I, I'm pretty disappointed by this. It kind of feels like. You know, certainly, I understand that if you're if you're you're offering the service, um, it's probably costing them money because they're licensing this. Um, But at the same time, I also pay for extra storage for Google, and so my Gmail account is actually something like 90 gigs or something like that in it. And um, it's kind of frustrating that even as a paying customer, I'm not going to be able to continue to use this.
1: No, this is very frustrating. This is one thing that made uh, that really made Gmail stand out, and I'm gonna start uh, looking at the alternative. I don't know if Outlook.com or Hotmail has the Active Sync yet. I know I, th- I thought I read that it was coming or-, or something like that. I just need to do more research on that. But it- this is one reason why it's really good to to actually have your own email address alias. You know, buy your own domain name and have it redirected uh, you know use like for me i'm using gmail as basically my back end for my personal email address and then if I so desire to switch email providers, then I can do that because everybody who contacts me is through that through my own domain because, you know, you're at the whim, uh, you're at the mercy of these companies, what they decide to do and, and how you're using things. And yeah, I do not want to lose the consistency on my iOS devices of using mail all in one spot. I mean, I don't want to have to switch to the Gmail app. I, I, I Even though I know it's, that supports IMAP, it's just not the same experience uh, with IMAP that uh, that the ActiveSync uh, protocol provides. I know it's its Better with the calendar and the the content contact sync that they just added, but it's still not the same. I will offer you
0: one well albeit kind of work around and clunky solution it's It's not as bad as it sounds, and that is to. If, if, if what we're talking about really is, is the push notification support, because I think that's really what everybody's going to feel, um, feel the most is that you're not able to sync over, um, you know, right away. The, the iOS uh, Gmail application does do a pretty decent job of push notifications. So um, it would be potentially... Um, you know feasible to set up the notifications for your your email through the gmail application so you get those you know those banners um, that that pop up or the, the lock screen notifications that pop up via that and then of course anytime you open the mail application it does a sync of everything and so it would pull down those messages right there that said um, there is a there's a pretty big reason why I why I am not using the, the ios application and that's because i don't just use google services for email i have other email accounts that are configured on my devices and so i'm sure like you joe you want that consistency of a single application a unified inbox there's a point a reason why we're doing this and uh so while it's when you use the imac protocol it's it's going to pull stuff down when you open up the application it still is going to feel a little bit clunky and, and this is just it's it's not good.
1: Yeah, so when I, when I read an email on my iPhone, it vanishes from my iPad right away because the ActiveSync protocol is marking it as red. That doesn't happen with IMAP. There's, and right. in, in vice versa, and on my computer at work, when I've got Outlook open, I read it, it vanishes off of the iPad and the iPhone because the ActiveSync is changing and updating in the background. That stuff's not going to happen. It's going to be a major negative. Uh, you know, I have like four email accounts all with ActiveSync in my, um, in my iPhone, iOS devices. So this is, uh, this is a frustrating change.
0: It's frustrating, and you know, unfortunately, it's it's not like you. I mean, any change of a device is going to cause you an issue here with this. So, um, even if you, you know, d- I don't know, whatever happens, if you have to wipe your your iPhone and try and reset it back up, you're, you're not going to be able to do it. I mean, it's 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 there, uh, and you're kind of stuck. So, um, you know, because consider- that
1: actually that actually may work because it keeps a record of your devices somehow. If you go to like the sync settings or whatever, you can actually see all of your your ios devices or your active sync devices uh set up in there so that may work doing a restore on your own on your own device but i think once you change then you may be out of luck
0: yeah i'm uh i'm concerned about it though because i'm oh yeah absolutely it it may like you say it may do that but uh okay well either way how about this if you something happens to your phone you go to the apple store and they switch it out and give you a new one then what Yeah,
1: then you're done Yeah. yeah
0: So, uh, either way, it's 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 frustrating. So, but you know, just keep it in mind as you're going through and, and doing uh, whatever it is that you're doing. That you've got up until January 30th, and uh, so start looking now if you're looking to switch services. Google also uh, announcing this week that Google Sync for Symbian 60 handsets will no longer be available after January 30th. Finally, Google is also killing off Calendar Sync for all mobile devices effective this past Friday, December 14th. Uh, this was. Uh, specifically, uh, I think, uh, you know, announced for those that are using the, the sync services for calendar for Blackberry, as an example. Uh, if you have not yet set it up so that the BIS is pulling in your calendar, Google Sync uh, is no longer working for calendar for you. Dropbox on Friday announced a significant update to its iOS application. Among the new features include the ability to save uploads directly to existing or new folders. The application also now treats photos differently in a new Photos tab. The tab lets users browse through their photo uploads in chronological order, as well as see uploads from other devices. The app update is free and available for all iOS devices. Google on Friday unveiled a new version of Google Plus for Android and iOS. The new mobile app uh, adds a number of new features, including improved photo quality and 5GB of free online photo storage. All Android devices running froyo and up are able to view photosphere images on the mobile google plus app the app also adds emoji support for animated gifs and a lock screen widget as well uh, for android as well as mobile profile editing easier post composition and birthday reminders the application is available via of course google play and the itunes app stores RIM on Monday released BlackBerry Messenger 7 with voice calling for BlackBerry smartphones. The new version offers the ability to make voice calls over Wi-Fi by connecting BBM users for free. The app also uh, features split-screen functionality, letting customers talk and text at the same time. The app offers a presence indicator so users know when their contacts are available and uh, ready for a voice call. Calls can be rejected with a text message, and the service works over Bluetooth. The new BBM is a free download from BlackBerry World. Facebook this week announced version 2 of its Android application. That version removes HTML5 and web views and instead uses native Android code for quicker operation. That app is free from Google Play the samsung galaxy s3 is the latest verizon wireless smartphone to be upgraded to android 4.1 Jelly Bean. the software update which will be pushed out to customers in phases uh is re- making the phone global ready so if you're looking to take your s3 around the world you can do so now customers who would like to manually download the upgrade through settings will be able to do so uh, at any time at this point uh this was a great uh, a great announcement for those that have got verizon galaxy s3s in fact almost everybody i know with an s3 has got it on verizon so i had three people yesterday that I work with that were all excited about this one. So very good news for them.
1: You can't argue with being global red, you know, making it a a global device. I mean, that's a really neat feature. And that was one of the big uh, downfalls for the iPhone 4 when it was first uh, released on Verizon, because a lot of global travelers like, well, I, I can't buy this thing. So that's why the 4S sold so well on Verizon. And now actually the iPhone 5 on Verizon i i guess isn't really hitting their numbers that much because it it it, it there are so many people with four s's still that they're not ready to upgrade to the five quite yet because they're still under contract but it's kind of an interesting uh tidbit there but that's excellent for uh for the owners of the s3
0: if you're a sprint evo lte customer you received a jellybean update as well that network push will start to roll out over the next few weeks of course, manual initiation can be done as well. And finally, AT&T on Friday announcing that Jelly Bean would be available for the Motorola Atrix HD that update all these updates add Google Now, camera improvements and better notifications, and uh, can be downloaded and installed over Wi-Fi. Questions and comments this week. First off is a comment from Mike. He says, hey, Mickey and Joey. I really enjoyed the T-Mobile discussion from last week's show, and I hope their new pricing model will trickle down to the other major U.S. carriers. There's one point that I wanted to clarify. It is my understanding that if you do elect to buy a new device with an upfront down payment with the additional installments over 20 months, you will not be able to take advantage of prepaid plans since you do not technically own the device yet and you will still be on a contract. T-Mobile mentioned that they are eliminating their classic postpaid plans in favor of the value plans, which in some cases are actually quite close, if not better, than some some of those prepaid options.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you're exactly right. I'm j- yeah, I'm sure we just kind of got that done uh, mixed up because their plans are kind of all over the place right now. So yeah, thanks for the clarification.
0: He also mentions that uh, that he w- he would li- he lives in one of T-Mobile's refarm cities and has his SIM in an unlocked iPhone five. And while he's able to pick up HSPA plus, it oftentimes is unreliable. It will switch back to Edge often, and then won't pick up 3G until he toggles airplane mode on or reboots the phone initially he says additionally the speeds are significantly worse than the hspa plus is on the aws spectrum he said on his nexus 4 he gets about 23 megabits per second down and around two to three megabits per second up but on the iphone 5 he only gets about eight megs down and one to two up and his guess he says is that the 1900 megahertz 3g is not hspa plus 42 but rather 21 uh, and that that again that's just his guess
1: and that very that could be very well possible. there could be some reason you know why they're not running forty two on that spectrum. who knows what that reason could be but it and also maybe the speed and not being able to pick up uh pick up the h s p a plus again maybe the iPhone five basically needs an update, and maybe the next uh, Apple update may f- help fix that. And also it just could be that they don't have all of the towers upgraded yet. They, they could be kind of doing it piecemeal where they're getting just kind of the, the, the edge coverages out there where they're covering half the towers and they'll probably maybe come back and do the rest of the, the towers soon. So I'd, I would imagine it'll probably improve. I, I think they're trying to just roll this out as quick as possible in anticipation of launching an iPhone uh, on their network.
0: And that's a really good point. If you think about how, I mean, they still have folks that are using, of course, edge devices. So they have to have the nineteen hundred megahertz available there. Um, they also have to deal with, you know, the, the towers that are there. They're they're making some upgrades here, but they're not necessarily doing it in a way. That is going to is switching off, you know, we've got a finite amount of spectrum we're talking about here. So they're, they're having to divide it up into what can use what so um, while it's great, it, it's not necessarily a complete switch over. And so it's not surprising that you're seeing some of these things happening.
1: Yeah, Mike. Just keep us up to date on how it uh, how it uh, continues to work.
0: Absolutely, and uh, thank you very much for the comment. This was was great to hear. Next one is a question from Jerry. He says, "I'm looking to pick up two off contract devices for under two hundred dollars to activate through Straight Talk on AT and T. They must be Android. Well, um, you know, I was looking around uh, trying to figure out some I- some ideas here, and obviously, I-, I think you're you know what you're probably looking for is is e- Figure out what device you want first and uh, and then take a look on eBay, because I think you're going to probably be able to find a pretty good uh, selection of devices used here on eBay.
1: Yeah. And of course, my first one I'd I'd take a look at is the Nexus S. I mean, it's uh, it's a Nexus device. And then also two hundred dollars. What about uh, the Nexus four? If you can get one, Uh, obviously right now it's a little tough, but that that would be uh, a way to go. And also the Galaxy Nexus, probably you can get them for Maybe not right this moment at two hundred dollars, but maybe close to two hundred dollars. Uh especially, you know, once we get maybe another month or so here, maybe the Nexus four will push those prices down.
0: Well, and in you know, obviously the, the Nexus four is three hundred, so we're Oh, it's three
1: hundred, yes. You're right, you're right. You're... Yeah,
0: so so keep that in mind. But um, you know, if you if you look at the Galaxy Nexus, that's a good one because obviously that's a you know, this is a very strong device. I mean, I see one on here. Uh, right now it's a little over 200 it's 240 but here's another one for 190 so maybe that's a good option um, you know and, and you can take that and if, and if you don't like it you can then resell it and, and you know or give it to somebody who wants to either use AT&T or T-Mobile so that's a that's a, a great thing to, to be able to do because you can use it on both um, you know the S2 uh, may be a good option as well last year's last year's model here you can probably find some of those for around 200 bucks Um, You know, and of course, any of the the HTC hardware, um, kind of that that older generation as well, uh, maybe some good options there, too. So my guess is that you're going to probably be looking for something um, that is, you know, a little bit a little bit older, you're not going to find anything new for only $200 off contract, you're going to have to be buying something used here
1: definitely um or a really older or really slow model i suppose there's probably some $200 sure. unlocked ones i mean the, the, i'm i'm sure there is but you know unfortunately there's just so many devices out there it's kind of tough to uh, pinpoint one uh that aren't the the nexus lines um but the nexus S, you should be able to get uh under that price i would imagine and that that could be the best bet just um because I'm sure that one was worked with AT&T networks. I think. they had one that did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that, that could be a, a good route to go. I'm trying to think of some other options here. Yeah. That's uh that could be about it. I don't know what they sell directly either. I didn't look up their website.
0: So I'm looking at a, uh, at the pricing here on Best Buy right now, they actually still sell it online, believe it or not. Um, the model that's compatible with AT&T, uh, it's $400, um, you know, for that one. So you're, you're probably going to go want to go go for the the eBay route on here um you know just obviously do your do your research on it make sure you've got a legit seller and and you should be just fine um at, you know 159 here for for this one here this one is you know 189 so um you've got a couple of you've got some options here um 215 for another one so that's just over that may be a good choice um if it's me i'm going to probably do a little bit a little bit more digging and try and find uh, the Galaxy Nexus, just because, uh, you know, some of the upgraded internals and it's got the bigger screen and stuff like that. So I, I, I would probably take my t- my my time and try and figure that out. So um, I would, too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I I would personally. It's that's just me. I'm choosing probably, a, you know, the pure Android experience just because. Um, but otherwise, yeah, as Joey mentions, there's so many out there. It's hard to make some recommendations. So there you go. The, that's our opinion on that. The next one here is a voicemail from TELUS.
2: Yes, hello. Um, This is Mr. Woods, and this question is for uh, the Cell Phone Junkie podcast. Uh, How are you guys doing today, uh, Joey and Mickey? Um, I was just calling in regard to a question on the uh, most uh, recent show, the most previous show, uh, uh, not this current one that this is probably airing on, but your most recent show, uh, in regard to a question that uh, uh, someone had in regard to... uh, them receiving a or losing their Sprint discount, uh, their employee discount, when they actually did an upgrade or added a line of service. Uh, I'm actually a a Sprint customer care employee, and I just kind of wanted to explain that. So pretty much uh, what it is, is uh, Sprint has now just decided to uh, make sure that customers are getting the best discount, uh, because sometimes uh, between them doing upgrades or if it's been, you know, 20 plus months, specifically 20 plus months um, and their discount has not been reconfirmed within that period of time, uh, the system uh, pretty much just thinks that uh, maybe the customer has changed jobs and wants to ensure that the customer gets the greatest discount that's available to them because, you know, in fact, they could have changed jobs and went to a different job that affords them a greater discount. So um, I was just calling uh, in regard to that. So they pretty much all that the uh, the gentleman that called in, the only thing that he needs to, or that wrote in, the only thing that he would really need to do is just simply go to a website. It's called sprint.com forward slash verify. That's B as in Victor, E-R-I-F-Y. And all he does is simply put in his Sprint mobile device number and he just reconfirms his uh, discount. Just follow the uh, self-explanatory instructions there. He can even... Uh, he can either confirm the discount through his work email, and if there is not a work email address that's available, he can confirm it via fax. And all of this is just a one-time thing, and again, it, it occurs roughly about every 20 months, so not every single time you do an upgrade or not every single time that you add a line of service, but only after about a 20-month period, and all it is is just simply, again, just to confirm the discount, just to make sure the customer is getting the best possible discount. So. Uh, to answer his question, he totally is not losing his discount. He's just uh, it's just being reconfirmed just to make sure everything is good to go. Okay, um, so I guess that's it. And uh, thank you guys for listening, and I uh, thank you for your show. It's very informative, and I listen every week. And again, my name is Mr. Woods. My uh, first name is Towers, T-E-L-L-A-S. Okay, thanks, guys. Bye.
0: Tell us, thank you very much for the voicemail. And uh, thank you very, very much for actually explaining this a little bit more to us, because I think this is important uh, to know, uh, just as you're, if anyone else has seen this as well, when you're buying a new device um, and or adding a line, it makes sense. You'd want to verify that that person is indeed still uh, a part of the same, uh, you know, company or program or anything that gave them that initial discount. Um, so there you go, sprint.com slash verify, enter your Sprint phone number, follow the instructions, and then you can, can confirm it um like he says it's done uh, approximately every 20 months so there you go thank you very much for that very very good information to have next one is a comment from chris he says mickey and joey when i was with t-mobile my wife and i had moved to a value plan when i moved my line to verizon for my iphone i thought i would be able to cancel my line with t-mobile with little pain i was wrong my nexus s was purchased unsubsidized so i incurred no early termination fee there but since I was on a value plan, I was charged a two hundred dollars cancellation fee due to the quote savings I received on the value plan. Maybe so overall, though very disappointing. Wanted to just pass it on. Thanks, Chris. Wow, that is that does not seem right, does it? Because obviously you're talking about no no contract there. So how in the world are they charging you a cancellation fee?
1: Yeah, that it, it's a it's a migration fee or something or, or something. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, that really is annoying when you're kind of expecting to just be able to cancel. Uh, it, it's. You know, I have something like that with my cable company right now. Charter Cable. I've got a cable internet. Uh, I had to sign up for kind of a two year contract to make you know make it thirty five dollars a month. But there is a an ETF if I cancel. You know, it's 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 kind of almost that same thing because I'm not getting hardware or anything subsidized by that uh, by that contract price. So it, it it's kind of similar to that, but that is a frustrating. Um uh, thing. So yeah, everybody with the value plan, beware. You will be charged if you quit.
0: Read the fine print. Make sure you understand what you're getting into, and that you're you're comfortable with whatever plan that is. This is where the uh, the prepaid options really come into play, and and people I think will uh, will will really enjoy those because you you don't have to deal with this. It's prepaid. You know, there is no there, there's nothing else involved with it. You can cancel literally at any time.
1: Well, and this is kind of what 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 is frustrating. You know, they they're calling it value plan, so it's kind of gives you that uh connotation that it's prepaid without a contract you know they're kind of uh, y- 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 kind of making it sound like it's prepaid so that is that is annoying it is indeed
0: next up here a question from greg he says as you know i've been struggling to let go of my bold 9700 while toying with my not so new now galaxy note in my attempts, I've been syncing my Bold with my Outlook, uh, with Outlook on my PC. I always back up the phone via BlackBerry desktop software, then sync one way only from the Bold to the PC. I seldom use Outlook on the PC, but it's my failsafe for all my contact data. Some contact data and notes go back to the palm days. In my attempts to migrate to the Note, I've been using the Keys software to transfer the Outlook data to my Note. One way from Outlook over to the note. Now, the dilemma. I've just realized that the BlackBerry file system is not the same as Outlook. The Outlook system does not seem to allow for separate address fields inside the work and home category. As a result, most of my home address field entries show up as the city, state, and zip while leaving off the house number and street. This leaves me with only one true complete version of all my data, and that is in the Bold itself. So, and my new quest is to find a new way to make that conversion complete. It seems that the only way I am protecting my data is via the BlackBerry desktop software backup. I am not certain I would ever get a clean restore on a newer device since my Bold operates on the 5.0.0 version of the OS. I've done a little searching for similar issues and solutions on CrackBerry, but it's hard to know the search terms to use to get the right place. Does any of this make any sense? I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I really enjoyed your last Unlock show. Uh, thanks so much for all you do for me and the followers. Merry Christmas to you, Joey and your families. Greg,
1: that's really frustrating. I'm not sure why that's not working for you. I, I I swear I've done that before, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know this is actually the case, and the the BlackBerry desktop software is not doing it correctly. Normally they they kind of. Um, you know, have to work through that because yeah, sometimes there's address fields where it's separate city state. And I run into that with phone numbers all the time because there's the number of phone numbers that you can have is much different between Blackberry, Outlook, Android, iOS, they all decide to do their own thing. And it, it, it sometimes fails and you've run into one of these issues, but there is this cool thing, which probably work for you to get your data off and in, into like a spread uh, Excel, uh, CVS file format. It's called a uh, magic berry and it uh, extracts the backup data out of, the, uh, out of the BlackBerry files that you do a backup on your BlackBerry desktop software. And it takes all the data and can extract it. And I bet you that would work for you because then you could import that back into Outlook properly. Um, look for it. I've used it a few times, not for specifically for addresses, but I bet you it'll work. But I've used it for extracting SMS messages out of backups for somebody who needed it for some uh, litigation. So uh, take a look. It's free um, and it, it'll probably work for you. That's a, a
0: great option there. Magic Berry, um, you know, the other part of this is any, that, that data is there in that backup. So if it's not this, if it's something else, if you're doing just an export somehow over to a CSV file, um, ultimately, I, I think what's, what's probably would, is going to work out well for you if, if you are truly trying to make this transition over to the note, try and figure out a way to get this, this data um, online uh, somewhere. So in Google Contacts or something like that, because it's pretty easy to import this. And then, of course, you can manage it much easier from there if that's something that you're using
1: yeah that's what i was just gonna say as well yeah try google try syncing with a google account uh, and, and probably will send all your, you know, uh, over the air, over Wi-Fi or something. Will probably send all your contact data up to Google. So then you could get it back off Google, extract it because you can do an export from Google as a CSV file as well. So that may be another workaround that you can try.
0: That, that's there. You go. It's that's Google Sync. That's what we were talking about earlier in the show. Um, Calendar is offline now, but I believe the contact stuff is still there. So you've got now 45 days to figure that out. So check out that Google Sync app.
1: Well, it's part of BIS.
0: That's true. It is part of BIS yes. now, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So set up, uh, and you probably already have it set up, um, you know, on your Blackberry, your Gmail account. So go into the, uh, go into the settings there and make sure that contacts is checked and, uh, then figure out from there how it is that you're going to, you know, what did, how, how it, it pulls all that data down if it grabs
1: all the info that you need. And I did confirm it looks like Berry does, in fact, of course, do the contacts as well.
0: Perfect. So there you go. Greg, hopefully those can get you uh, get you rolling here in the right direction, because obviously, we want to make sure that you've got all of your data backed up properly. Well, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us email to questions at junkie.com or give us a call 206-203-3734. We'd love to hear from you. Joey, thank you very much, as always, for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at
2: thecellphonejunkie.com.